Hello to all of my beautiful disabled disciples. Today is Thursday, July 29, 2021. And today we are going to talk about the power of memory and how it affects us. Coming right up on Handy Schlepped. Alright everyone, it is so good to be back with y'all this week. I apologize that I kind of skipped out or took off last week. It was my birthday uh, last Thursday. I just turned 28 years old and I just kind of, I don't know, I, w I just wanted to take a little time uh, off of the show just to just re-digest some things and take a step back for a little while and um, you know, kind of like what Simone Bilas is doing with uh, the gymnastics, that whole fiasco going on with her, the famous uh, four-time, I think, four-time gold medalist gymnast that probably, she's the GOAT. She's like the greatest gymnast of all time. On the American team, Simone is amazing. And uh, recently she backed out of her participation on the gymnastics team with the, the Olympics because of just what she was going through mentally. And uh, she was just, uh, what some articles say she was kind of getting the twisties and she, uh, I didn't know this, uh, she suffers from ADHD and she needs her medication. It was like basically a form of Ritalin, if not Ritalin itself, to help her calm down, you know, keep cool and to hyper-focus on the task at hand, like Adderall, or something like that. And what's really interesting, I didn't know this either, but in Japan, they have different restrictions on mental health medications and behavioral medications. So something like, again, Ritalin or Adderall, or something like that. They have different technicalities to how one is able to use them. So, in her case, she was unable to use them because Japan's laws are above the laws of the Olympics. And so, because um, of the location they're in with Japan, and uh, Tokyo specifically, there are reasons as to why she cannot participate with those drugs in her system. You know, it can be confused with something like performance enhancer or something like that. And yeah, but that's one of the main reasons is that her ADHD was getting so effective upon her and she can't be allowed to take her ADHD medications. And that is so weird to me how just the little cultural differences can have a big impact in something we do here in America every day. If not in America, we like promote uh, pharmaceuticals. And wow, so she's been getting crapped on all week about this uh, with her backing out of the Olympics. People are saying that she's weak. People are saying how she's disappointed the entire country, how she is like a laughing stock. Now, could you have these uh, no-good naysayers, people that don't have lives, saying to her and about her that she's no good and she's a failure of the entire country? 
Amanda, what kind of place do you need to be in to crap on a young gymnast female of that magnitude who is so gifted and so talented to be probably the greatest gymnast of all time and to just sit there at your computer or at your radio station or another podcast just crapping on this young woman and just embarrassing her like this and calling her weak and calling her pathetic and all of it. Like, what kind of a person do you need to be to do that? You know, I did stuff like that for years where, um, not even online, but just like in my personal conversations and my social gatherings with other people, how we would just kind of, you know, shoot the crap about other people and uh, just to re reintroduce to ourselves and to bring ourselves up above those type of people and uh, be like, hey, that person is pathetic. They do this. They are horrible people. And, you know, I just grew out of that. You know, it just never made me feel good. You know, in the time, maybe it makes you feel uh, superior to crap on another person who is supposed to be well-known and achievable at something. And, uh, but no, as soon as they, uh, what she does, she's focusing on her mental health or prioritizing her mental health above her performance. And, uh, you know, and she's getting brutally mocked for it. I'll admit, I was a little shocked about it myself. I mean, I don't really follow it that much. I mean, people only really care about this kind of thing during the Olympics because, like, the world is watching. Other than that, you don't really hear about, like, people sitting at home or whatever on the TV watching, like, the uh, non-Olympic settings of, like, gymnastics or figure skating or, you know, curling, whatever, or swimming. Like, I see them around, but people don't really seem to care until Olympic season, like we are in right now with the 2020 Tokyo Olympics and... It's just really sad that you can be that kind of person to even make a living off of just shooting the crap on all these people that achieve so much and they have a bad day. And uh, then we think we have the right or privilege to mock them because, you know, it happens, you know. Uh, there are days we want to do that too, but if we take a week, sorry, if we take a day off, or uh, um, if you're carrying the entire team on your shoulders, the team is fine, by the way, and you're in this global spotlight, it's like, hey, I'm sorry, I just, my mind is not where it needs to be, I can't do this. You know what? I used to mock that too. I'd be like, you know what, you're weak, that's stupid. Like, at the same time, I get it. No, the mind is obviously so precious, uh, so valuable. It's our central processing unit. And we really underestimate how much we take care of our brains, how much we uh, clean out our brains, reboot the system, if you will. Sometimes you have to do that, and 
because she, uh, the gymnast Simone, could not have her ADHD pills, which is something she really suffers with, apparently, then now she gets mocked for it because the, you know, the pressure had to be too much. I can't imagine. You have the entire world watching you. I mean, on the one hand, what was she expecting? On the other hand, we cannot judge her and mock her and uh, just totally uh, dismantle her and her position and just brutalize her like that. But we don't know what's going on in her head. We don't know what's going on in her mind. A lot of people that have these type of mental illnesses, I'm sure can really understand, especially um, the millennials and the Gen Zs, because we are far more open about these um, type of issues with mental health, opening the doors and the windows of experiencing and seeing um, the reality and the effects of mental health and the toil it takes on a person. It's like, you know what, I support her. I support uh, Simone, the gymnast, with what she's doing. And I'm just not one to understand why you got people just crapping on her and they think it's hilarious. Or why uh, it's okay to think she's pathetic. It's whatever. I don't know, people are crazy, and it's not a fun lifestyle to just bring someone down when you think or believe you are so much higher. You know what? And just certain things can... I'm kind of transitioning here. It's amazing how, like, certain things can affect your body. Uh, mentally and emotionally. How different... Uh, let's say different memories... Uh, different experiences that you've had years or even decades ago can come back to the surface and affect who you are, whether it's consciously or subconsciously, affect your mood, affect your physical being, and to the point where you feel nauseous. You know, I had a recent experience just like this. You know, I... Uh, uh, a few days ago now, I went to a place that, I'm not going to say where, but a place that was once a cornerstone of my childhood. Where this place was the entire embodiment of my childhood. Um, we did everything at this place. We got involved in uh, certain uh, performances. We got involved... Uh, with certain group activities, our lives revolved around this place. And then after a while, um, we decided it, it just did not need to be a part of our lives anymore, or a part of my life anymore, due to just very difficult times, you know. Um, so years, years pass. And I recently revisited this place out of the sake of supporting a new friend of mine. So my buddy and I go to this place to support our new friend. And, you know, I'm in this building 
with all these people, some of them old, some of them, most of them new though. You know, it's kind of like when you go to a new place and there's, or a new, you go, to a, you go to a school, you see some familiar faces and you see a lot of new faces, but there's still some leftover tidbits of that old life. You know, it's kind of like that really awkward time where uh, your new life, where you are now, and your past life, your childhood, kind of overlap. And it's a really uh, strange experience. How, like, the power of memory is just something that is not to uh, be uh, fancied with. Uh, the power of memory is a very, again, powerful element in our lives and something that we don't always experience on the surface level, but we experience subconsciously. How the memory can affect the body. How memory can affect how our body reacts. Even, again, to the point of nausea. I'm in this building um, a few days ago and... While I was trying to enjoy the new experiences that this old place had to offer, there was many, many, many changes to this place, but there was still quite a few recognizable residual leftovers that were still kind of overlapping with the new. So we got like the old and the familiar with the new, and... Uh, that overlap was really difficult because while we were there, I'm trying to engage with the new experiences and um, not think too much about the past. But right away, the moment I'm in this building, all the memories of childhood and all the memories of good and bad, of like you could say, like this past life just came flooding back like a rogue wave just plummeting into my brain and into my heart and you know when things like that happen you just feel so sick uh, besides the visual cues of seeing the building coming up to the building and entering the building it was the next sense that really triggered it and that is the power of scent probably the most, if not the most, potent sense in our bodies. You just smell something and everything is triggered. All the old memories are there. All the old sensations return. And all the old feelings return as well. Kind of like you're looking through a photo album and you can just see yourself right back to where that was. Even some memories you thought you had long since forgotten. Some of the people of the past that you have long since forgotten as well somehow peek their way through the cracks of the brain and resurface. You know, we got all this, these decades of change, yet the recognition of some of the similarities that are still there come back and just hit you 
like a ton of bricks. And you know, it makes me think about like I'm in the, I'm in this building, I'm in this meeting. I once had to step out or roll my chair out of this meeting, this gathering, because I was just getting um this uh, hit being hit, bam, 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 of old memory, old memory, old memory. I was just almost feeling sick. Not too bad, thank God, but I once again had to roll out of there because. I was just like getting everything all at once and it was awful. I just had to get out, but I stuck through it. I faced it and I made it to the end. It was difficult, especially in the beginning. I slowly got a little more into it after a while and just kind of accepted where I was, accepted what I was seeing, accepted what I was listening to. You know, it's kind of like, you know, going back to, like, literally rolling back in time into your childhood where there's only leftover fragments of your childhood, but it's just enough to for your brain to fill in the gaps of what once was. You know, it's kind of like when you find an old puzzle that you played with or something, and, uh, you know, all the pieces, a lot of the pieces are missing, but you got just enough pieces to remember how the rest is supposed to fit together. And it was like that. It was like re-entering a wormhole to all of the old feelings. Some of the good memories and being with old friends that are no longer around, that have moved on. Well into adulthood, they're all married with children. And then you're just stepping back in time and seeing what's all different. How the architecture and the layout is different. The one it once was. You know, um, a lot of times you go back to old places that you experienced when you were younger. And you come back when you're older and you're like, oh, I remember this place being a lot bigger. You know, it's that kind of thing, how... The relativism of uh, time and space just changes based on um, just life experience, changes with age, and just, I just could not understand how there's so much familiarity, yet so much new. How much was that as a good thing? I don't know. You know, I think what also was kind of weird is how all the recognizable things were there, but a lot of other things were not. A lot of things were gone. A lot of things were different. A lot of things had changed. Whether or not it's for the better, I don't know. But I'm just going around and it's, it's like, I remember this, I remember that. I remember this person who was no longer alive used to come down this way. This other person who's no longer alive would come hang out over here. Or I would hang out with so-and-so down this hallway. And we would go to this room and we would gather together and just do our thing. And um, we would do this. We would sing this song. We would do that. And how it's just all... It was like a huge like echo chamber. You know, like, or you go into a cave. 
and there were still just a few remaining echoes that you could hear down the tunnel. The few whispers that were still left over. You know, that's what it was kind of like. You went back to an old place, you can still hear some of the whispers of the past. And you're just like, wow, how much has changed in my life? How much has this place changed? How much the world has changed? Even in this isolated area, you just see the transition to a new chapter with a few relics left over from the past. The inevitability of time, if you will. That crossover. And then, just about an hour later, I just had enough. I told my buddy, you know what, man? We need to go. And so we worked. We walked our way out, or I rolled my way out, exited, got back into the van, left the parking lot, and I never looked back. I just couldn't just be in that environment anymore. Not because of just, I can't face it, because I did. Because, you know, just, if you look at your past, there are times or when you look at nostalgia or whether it's good or bad, it's okay to visit in small doses. Just to kind of dip your feet, take a look at a few pictures or replay a few clips in your brain of just old memories. Even the negative vibrations, which are very powerful, by the way, to the point where it was just time to leave that place in the past and how much it affected me now in the future. And it was just time, you know, that's enough. It was good to be here and face it, to receive some healing from it. But just sometimes it's a little too much. And I'm glad I went, I'm glad I confronted it, because that's where the healing is gonna come in. But it was time to go. And we left, and again, I never looked back. And I don't know if I'll ever go back to that building again. I really don't think so. Because like once or twice is enough. It's like, okay, it's that's enough. The childhood is over. But that doesn't mean the scars are gone yet. Because if, if anything I learned about childhood or childhood trauma or whatever, whether in my own experience or whether it's in movies or books. Uh, specifically, let's talk about like the novel or the movie It by Stephen King, which is about the, the killer clown in the sewer going after the kids in the 50s and the 80s. Uh, but that's just the surface level. That's like just the, the packaging. The real story of that book with the killer clown and all that the real story is about what we just talked about today, which is about the power of memory and childhood trauma. Where in the story, all the adults in the story, there are about uh, five or six of them, they have to go back to their hometown 
to face, let's say, like a personification of childhood trauma. They have to confront it again to finally defeat it. And then once that happens, then are they free to go back to their lives once again. They all come back together for this one moment that they thought they could run away from, that they thought they could avoid. But it just turns out that after they faced it the first time as kids, the leftovers were still very much scarred into their brains, into their lives as well. How childhood trauma and things you go through growing up, albeit we suppress them, um, they can affect us in so many subconscious ways into adulthood that we just don't realize right away. And so what I learned from that story, which is one of my favorite books, by the way, um, is if you want to have that healing, to find the forgiveness or whatever label you want to use for it, if you want to be healed and just face it and be out of there forever, sometimes you just have to confront it head on. Even though it's really difficult and you may get physically sick, you just have to confront it, dude. And you gotta face it, and then, once you faced it and confronted it, then you can leave in peace. And never look back. Because now the business is done. You've, you've went, you went in there, you faced it, and you left. And that's the healing we never knew we needed. Because like with memory, fear, or whatever, what it comes down to is how is God helping you deal with it? You got to deal with it most of the time in confrontation. Not always easy, not for literally everybody. Sometimes confrontation isn't in the cards. But the point is you just have to find a way to make peace with it so that it no longer... Uh, festers inside of you and affects you and changes you because like even now I just feel better about some things I feel more open about some things I recently started delving into some of these things and now that I actually like rolled into it physically it's a whole different ball game now and I just feel better you know I always thought about these things but to actually do it myself in such a central aspect of my development as a person to face the you could say the it in my life um, or a lot of us you could say to face the it and finally defeat it and show that you're the one in control not the trauma not the past. That's where God really gives you peace. And as we read in Revelation 21, verse 5a, this is the Apostle John talking about what he sees in his revelation of the future and of heaven 
and of God himself. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Forgive the ambient noise, that is the sound of a lawnmower in the back. So, with that said, it's only through God and facing our fears and facing our trauma, however you want to use it, is where we find the peace and healing that we all yearn for. Even in disability, there's going to be a lot of times of fear and trauma, whether it's from other people or from a location or even the smell of something. It doesn't matter, in my book, it doesn't matter how much time passes. It could be 10 years, it could be over 20 years. If you're not facing it and dealing with it in a healthy manner, and not just putting it under the rug or suppressing it, which our brain naturally does, I get that. It's gonna fester, it's gonna make you bitter in ways you never even knew. And they have to let the Lord Jesus heal you. Let's pray together, shall we? Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for everyone listening to this. For all people who are struggling with bad memories of old places, people of the past, and things that have just affected us in ways we never even knew. Lord God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit and pray your healing over all who are listening. Help us to forgive and let go, to confront our fears, and to move forward in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, I thank you so much for listening to this episode of Handy Schlepp. I am your host, Reverend Jordan Schrader. And as always, take care, stay safe, God bless, and of course, always always stay classy. See you later, everyone.